Let me read you some horror stories sent to us by our listeners. Encounter with my uncle's ghost by Heather. I have a couple stories, I know it's long, but trust me, they're worth reading. When I lived at my dad's house, I could never sleep in my own room, because I was scared, I knew that his house was haunted so I would sleep with him in his bed. When I was about 10, I think, I started to actually see ghosts. I saw one when I was running the bath water go from my room to the other, I had two rooms, and those were the only ones it would go into and it terrified me, because the ghostly figure had an axe in his head, and I believe that it's the previous owner of the house. He passed away during the war and he hid real silver in that house somewhere and no one has found it until this day. When I was forced to sleep in my own room, my bed would shake, and I would have to cry myself to sleep. When I went to visit my mother, one weekend, I was sleeping in the bed with her and her boyfriend's daughter, and I woke up because I lost my stuffed animal. I was about eight. I found it but when I got up, I noticed a girl with a bright light around her, and she walked over to the bed where we all were and she picked up my mother's arm and started twisting her wrist and I screamed stop. Stop, and she shook her head like saying no, she wouldn't talk though, so I woke up my mom saying wake up, there's this little girl twisting your arm and she said Heather stop. You're scaring me. The little girl ended up leaving and I followed her to the door, and she was gone, she like vanished. The next morning, we had to go to the hospital. My mom had a sprained wrist. My uncle passed away about two years ago, and he owned a business. Now my mom and stepdad own it. A psychic visited there and she asked the worker did anyone die in your family, and my mom answered my poppy, and she replies no. Someone younger and a worker said my boss and the psychic described him and the worker said yeah, that's him. So she told the worker that he was there and he was standing right by her and he looked mad because she was reading her book and not doing her work and he always hated that. The worker tried staying away from that area and before the women left, she told the worker that he was standing over there now, which was where the worker moved to. So the psychic met with my mother. They were talking and my mother asked is he here now, and she said no, would you like me to call him, and my mother said no, that's okay. She gets scared easily. Later my mom got this really cold chill, and she looked over at the lady who felt it too, and the lady said he's here now, and he wants me to tell the family he's sorry, he was in shock that he was dead, but someone was there to help him. What was scary about it was that right when he came, the song that we gave to him played. A couple days later we got in contact with her again, and she told my mother that my uncle was mad that we haven't made contact with him. So the next day, when the business closed for the night, we brought the Ouija board, and we did it in the back, and it worked. He came and was talking to us. Me and him were very close and we asked where he was and he spelled out my name, and that he was standing behind me, and I started to cry and my mom told him you know that Heather loves you and misses you a lot and he said yes, and then she asked are you her guardian angel, and he said yes, and that made me cry even harder. We asked him if he would touch me and he said yes, so I waited and we asked if he did, and he said he did, 
but I didn't feel anything because I had his big hood on so I took it off. He wanted us to take a break, so one of the girls wanted to go to the bathroom, but was scared to go by herself, so I went with her and I walked by one of the rooms. It smelt like gas and there was no gas in the place, so I just kept going to the bathroom. While I was waiting for the girl to come out, I felt something tap my head and I looked everywhere and nothing was there and I knew that he had touched me. I walked back past that one room where I smelt gas and I called my stepdad and mother to come close to smell it. My stepdad didn't smell it, but my mother did and I knew that it was a sign of my uncle's presence, because he died in a car accident, his car went in flames, and I think it was because his gas tank blew up. We went back and started talking with him again, and we asked him to show himself, and he said he would if we went to the graveyard by the hill. The hill is right by his tombstone, but we didn't go. That night I had a dream and he was in it, and it was his funeral, it was like a party, I don't know why, but I saw him talking to my stepdad, and I told him to come here and he said no, you come here so I went up to him and he hugged me, and he whispered to me it's okay, you can let me go, and I said I can't. I started crying and I woke up feeling his arms around me and I smelt him. I woke up out of that dream crying. It was really him, I knew he was there. J. Timothy's Tavern by Grace Just recently, I was at J. Timothy's Tavern in Plainville, Connecticut with a friend. We were standing in the entry-slash-exit way, waiting to be seated when she pointed to someone standing by the fireplace. I couldn't hear what she said, but I noticed a single, solitary man standing alone, staring off into the distance. I was surprised no one else was looking at him because he stuck out like a sore thumb in his blue tailored jacket and blank expression. My friend left me briefly to talk with someone, and while she had her back turned, the man walked past me. It creeped me out the way he stared straight ahead and no one else was looking at him. He gave me a strange feeling, so strange that I wanted to reach out and touch him just to make sure he was real. Instead I just watched him walk past me and into the next room, and I can't quite explain it, but I just didn't see him anymore. I thought maybe he had ducked down onto one of the bar stools, but, nevertheless, decided to mention it to my friend when she returned to me. That man that you were pointing to was really creepy. I told her. What man? She questioned, confused. She said she had been pointing to one of the waitresses and hadn't even seen anyone by the fireplace. We decided to investigate by wandering into the first room, but as I studied the faces and jackets, he wasn't there. The only other room that he could have been in was a closed-off one, but on our investigation, we discovered a set of stairs leading up to a private party room, overlooking the other one, including some of the hall we had just been in. I studied every face, every jacket, and he wasn't among them. We continued searching every other room, although there's no way he could have gotten to them without crossing out path again, and he wasn't anywhere. What do you think? Friend Not Moving On by Grace When I was younger, my cousin Felix was killed while serving in Iraq. 
Ever since then, strange things have happened at his mother's house. The first event started one night at a get-together. All of Felix's friends, my aunt, and my sister were sharing stories of him when he was little. A beer can that was sitting in the middle of the counter next to them, with no warning, flew off it. Not rolled, flew. Like in the air. They all started laughing at that point. Another time, my older sister and her boyfriend were lounging in my aunt and uncle's pool when my sister went in to use the bathroom. She came out of the bathroom and into the hallway, and that's when she heard distinct voices, a male and female. It sounded like they were coming from my cousin's old room. She peeked in there, but there was no one and no TV. She investigated every room in the house and there were no radios, TVs, or anything on, but she still heard the voices coming from right outside the window of Felix's old bedroom. When they suddenly stopped, she went back outside and questioned her boyfriend. He said he hadn't been talking at all, just swimming. This even happened a couple times. My cousin's old cell phone was kept in his car. My aunt and uncle never used it, but just keep it in the holster. One time, my aunt and uncle came home from a restaurant to discover three messages on their answering machine. The first one was from a friend. The second one was a garbled male voice, people in the background. The third one was near silence except for a small male voice that could barely be heard. They checked the caller ID and were shocked to find that the calls were from Felix's phone. They rushed out to the garage and checked the car, but the phone was in its place and still turned off. Two girls bickering by sweet. One day me, my sister Jessie, and my two friends Heather and Jenna were up in my sister's room. My dad was making us dinner at the time. Before we all used to talk to candles and we asked if there was a ghost. We said flame go up if you're here and it went up really high. So we asked if its name was Carl or Carly because my sister had a feeling that it was. The flame went up high. Right then, my dad called us down for dinner and you have to go past a wall to get in the kitchen so we went to eat at the table thinking that our friends were going to wait upstairs for us. My sister Jessie got done eating before me so she went up there to see if they were there so we could continue talking with candles. She went up there and she heard like two girls bickering or talking. And she ran downstairs and ran over to Heather's, my friend across the street. I got done eating, I went up there to continue doing the candle thing. I heard two girls whispering and I thought it was Jenna and Heather, trying to creep my out so I said ha ha guys that's just hilarious, and they kept talking. So I said seriously guys, come out this isn't funny anymore and they didn't. So we started looking all over the room, in every corner, under the bed, every possible place to hide. They weren't there. I was so scared I could hear my heart pounding. I jumped all the way down the stairs, almost broke my legs. I asked my parents where Jessie was. They told me she went over to Heather's. There was only my dad and mom in the house at the time and you cannot hear them from upstairs. So I came to a conclusion it must have been ghosts. It scared the crap out of me. I ran as fast as I could over to Heather's. Right when I knocked on the door, 
Jessie told me really fast her story, you could tell she was scared. And I said oh my gosh same here. Now, we never go upstairs, it scares the crap out of us. We have a gravestone in our backyard, it's old and you can't see what the writing says. We suspect it is the person haunting our house. Ghost ruining my party by Bridget. It was 12 o'clock at night and me and my friend Amanda had just got out of the shower, we have two showers. My parents were gone for the weekend in Hawaii. Amanda and I decided we would throw an awesome party that night. We invited the whole freshman class. Let's face it, a party isn't really a cool party in high school, unless it has beer and alcohol. I gave Amanda the keys to go out in the garage to get it. She went out there and I heard a scream and shatters of glass. Amanda ran in and told me with very low breath that she saw a see-through man wearing all black. I said it was okay, I told her she was probably just seeing things. So I went out to get the beer. I saw nothing. I got chips out, put it in bowls and a whole bunch of things out for the party. People finally started showing up. We turned the music up real loud and everyone was dancing and having a ball, and some people were upstairs. All of a sudden, my friend Heather came down the stairs with a white face. She said she was going to the bathroom, and she came out and walked through a man wearing all black. We told her it was okay, and we sat down with her on the couch for a while. She decided to go home, Heather said she was to creep. Now everything was okay and going great, and I saw this man sitting on my couch. He was acting all I'm a freshman chilling on the couch. Nobody really noticed. Most were drunk I guess. I saw him. I told him to get out of my house. No response from him. So I called some boys over and they said what are you talking about, there is no one there. I think you are drunk Bridget. It's okay, just sit down for a little and stop drinking. I wasn't even drinking though. I told them and they were treating me like they couldn't even hear me. So I just got over it, I didn't want to ruin the party. I mean, if I had a sweet party, I would become the main squeeze in school, so I just went along and danced with some friends. Until Amanda saw him again. She came to me screaming and yelling, huffing and puffing. I tried to comfort her and I decided I wouldn't let him ruin my party. So I asked him please. Go and don't ruin my party. I can't believe I did it, I was so scared. He just disappeared right in front of me. I thought it was all cool, so I started dancing again and I saw him looking in the window at me. I just ignored him. I kept seeing him but I didn't care, I just wanted to be cool at school, until a boy, the most popular hot boy in school, saw him. I told him he was just seeing things even though I really could see him. Everyone of course believed him. He left. So everyone else left except about five people. Booty just sent them home, because the party was no longer fun. I wasn't exactly cool at school, but the most popular boy Eric now paid more attention to me and Amanda. I didn't see the ghost again since then, so I think he just wanted to ruin my fun. 
I asked my parents if anyone died in this house or anything about it when they came home. Only I didn't tell them about the party, I think I will just wait until I move out, and they can't ground me. They told me that the people before us got murdered in this house, and that's why we got it so cheap. Now I live in a different house very far away. Strange things happening in my apartment by CJ. Here in Guam, I live in an apartment with my parents. Sometimes, very strange things happen and it's as if I feel a presence with me. Here are a few of those times. Every night, my dad always goes outside to check on my rabbits and usually knocks on my window because he needs my bedroom light to check on them. Well, one night around 8.30, I was watching TV in my room when someone was knocking on my window. I opened it a few minutes later and no one was there. I thought maybe it was my dad and that he already went back inside since I didn't open my window right away. So I went to the living room and asked if he just went outside, but he said he didn't. I told my mom and she hadn't been outside either. I was getting a little freaked, but I just ignored it. When I got back in my room, the knocking was there again. I opened the window as fast as I could, and no one was there at all. Another time was when I was also watching TV alone in my room. All of a sudden, I heard a low singing voice. It was a girl's voice. I looked around and saw a girl in white sitting at the top of my bunk bed. This one happened while I was asleep. As I woke up, I felt kind of drowsy, and then I just had this strange feeling like something went inside me. I then heard voices singing and saying wake up. My window was open at the time and thinking it was my neighbors, I looked outside but no one was there. Then, the thing that entered me left, and the voices were gone too. After that, I ran out to my mom. Here's one that happened about three days ago. I was using the computer and then, the chair just started shaking so hard. I thought there was some earthquake, but as I looked around, nothing else was moving. The chair was going crazy. When I put my hands under to see what was happening, it stopped. This was in our living room and my mom was right there, but she didn't even notice. So, what do you guys think? Is there someone else in my home? The little girl in the window by Barbara. He was about 13 or 14, and yes odd stuff always happens to me. No one in my family believe in ghosts at all. I went to stay in my cousin's house for two nights, her birthday party was the day after the first night there. Her house was very old, cold, and it was built in the late 19th century. However, I wasn't expecting anything weird to happen, because she has loads of sisters and brothers who were everywhere in the house, but this happened in the early hours of the morning. When you went upstairs, there is still a window where the other conservatory is built on, but this window has no glass, so you can look into it or climb into the other room, but you don't use it as a door. Well, the room I had to stay in was facing this window. I fell asleep, and the covers were falling off me when I woke up at around 4 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't go back to sleep, so I just laid in the bed looking around the room, 
and outside on the landing. It was pitch black, and the only sign of light was from the backyard lantern shining through the glass opposite the window facing me. I didn't even notice her, but she was there all the time as I was awake for about 45 minutes. I knew she was there because I could see her, but it never clicked with me. When I came around, I glanced, and then it clicked. Who's that? I thought to myself, standing there, looking at me, was a tiny child looking around five or six. She looked terrified, and she was frozen, pale and her mouth was open, and she looked like she was going to break down crying or even scream. As usual, I crawled over the bed to the door and slammed it shut, put the light on, and got my mobile to try and see if my friends were awake, it makes me feel better. My friend Sally by CJ. My name is Anna and this happened to me when I was around 9 years old. I moved from Japan to LA when I was 7 with my two older brothers and sister, my little brother June and our mom. My parents weren't divorced. My dad had to stay back because of his job, but arrived a year later. One day, my mom, Matthew, and Catalan, siblings, the two oldest, all went grocery shopping while June, Ron and I stayed home. June and I were playing when I felt someone pull my hair. I thought it was him so I hit him back and got in trouble from Ron. I told him what happened and he just ignored it. So did I. The next day, when in my parents' room looking for paper to draw on, a little girl about my age that time appeared in the doorway. She had brown hair in pigtails and was wearing a knee-length white dress. We just stood there looking at each other. Then she walked away without a word. I remembered we had some company that day so when they left, I asked my mom if that was their daughter, but she had no idea what I was talking about. I argued and gave up because my mom was getting annoyed. Two days after, when I was watching TV in the living room, Catalin came to me, and said my friend was waiting at the door for me I said what friend? I don't know anyone here. Then she pulled me and dragged me to the door where there was no one. She was confused but then said she was there earlier. I asked her what the girl looked like and she described the girl I had seen when I was in my parents' bedroom. Now my curiosity was getting to me. And being young that time, I never really feared anything and the word ghost never came to my mind either. I told myself the next time that girl showed up, I'd try to talk to her and ask why she was following me. Three weeks passed and I hadn't seen the girl. Until the next day. I went to my brother June and Ron, who were both in Matthew's room looking for some video game. I just stayed there because I wanted to. While they were searching, I saw the girl in my brother's bed. June and Ron didn't see her because they were looking in the closet. Then I just yelled, hey, why do you keep following me? Do you want something? My brothers asked who I was yelling at, but I ignored them. The girl was leaving and I followed her to my room. I tried talking to her. To my surprise, she talked back. She said that she was dead and that this used to be her house. She and her mother and father were murdered by her older sister, because her parents always favored her more. Even though their parents loved them the same. 
She told me she misses her sister even though jealousy is what made her dead. Her sister is still alive. When she finished, I couldn't believe my ears. I said I didn't believe her and that this was joke. I then said what's your name and why have you been following me? You know, this is a very good joke you're playing, cause you're already creeping me out. She said I'm Sally. This isn't a joke. I'm a ghost. I'll prove it to you. After that, she walked through my wall and then came back. Now I was getting scared. I was having an actual conversation with a ghost. I wanted to scream, but then I said aren't ghosts usually mean? Why are you so nice? She told me that she was nice and all she wanted was a friend. I found out through her that we're the third residents of this house, and that whenever she tried making friends with some of the other kids, they'd get scared. Then the family would end up moving out. Well, now I'm 13, and from that day, I wasn't afraid of Sally anymore, because I knew she meant no harm. She became my friend and we always talk, even though I'm the only one who knows about her. A Child Haunting in North Highlands by Paul Dale Roberts As I left my home, I threw on the X-Files theme song, because I knew I was headed for a ghost hunt. This time around I engaged my ghost hunting activities with the SPS, Sacramento Paranormal Society. I drove to Donovan Turner's home. Donovan Turner is the founder-slash-paranormal investigator-slash-leader of SPS. His wife Melissa is the case manager. The day is the 24th of February, the year 2007. The time is 1,700 hours. I prepare for my briefing from Donovan. Paranormal investigation team roll call included Donovan Turner, Jason Cohen slash equipment handler slash intuitive, Deanna Joya DJ Vastine Sharp, Janet Machok slash intuitive, Paul Dale Roberts slash ghost writer. Location of the haunted home is somewhere in North Highlands in Sacramento County. The occupants of this home wish to remain anonymous. The equipment we are bringing for this investigation are as follows, infrared camera, standard mobile infrared camera, stationary infrared camera, VHS recorder, tripod, temperature gauge, EMF detection meter, digital recorders and sealed recording tapes that are sealed, and a witness is used for the opening of the tapes and the sealing of the completed tapes. The briefing consisted of who the occupants were of the home, the location of home, what their religious beliefs are, how long they lived at this address, which was one year and three months and many other questions that were provided to the occupants of the home. The occupants related in the questionnaire that they smell cigarette smoke in the house, and no one is allowed to smoke in the house, in fact cigarette ashes have been found near the toilet. They heard loud bangs from the pots in the kitchen. Their small child had blankets moved off of him. The blankets moved from the bed to the floor on its own. The whole family sleeps in the living room together, because they are afraid of their own home surroundings. 1928 hours, we arrive at the residence. The ominous clouds have turned into a rainstorm with winds blowing. I think to myself, ah what a great night for a ghost hunt. We set up equipment in the garage, various teams go into the house at various intervals. 
Janet uses her EVP, electronic voice phenomenon, device and her intuitive instincts to track any presences in the home. Jason in front of me uses his EMF detector and registers no spikes in the garage. So far everything is normal. The mother and daughter of this home explain how they have seen shadows crossing the walls, cigarette ashes found in and around the toilet area, and the distinct smell of cigarette smoke in the bathroom. She goes on to explain that in the master bedroom, objects have moved on their own accord, such as hats or a basket. We set up a still infrared camera in the master bedroom to see if any objects will move. The mother goes on to explain how the TV has shut off on its own, and then came back on and at times the channels change. In the kitchen she has heard the freezer door open and the jiggling of ice cubes. On the stove is a picture on a stand, and the stand is knocked off on its own, the daughter and mother have witnessed the knocking down of the picture in the picture frame. At 20.01 hours, Donovan and Jason is the first team into the house, they walk into the son's bedroom. The room is warm and then at some point of time, they walk into a cold spot. The cold spot lasts for about 2 to 3 seconds, the air felt thick at this time. Jason explains on how his voice recorder had a new battery, and the battery was instantly drained. Could this have happened because of spirit activity? Janet and DJ do a walkthrough. Janet the intuitive feels the following. A. When entering kitchen she is drawn to the sink, she feels a presence there. In her head, she feels she is being told to look into the backyard, she calls it a knowing. B. In living room, she felt nothing, while walking in the hallway, she is compelled to go into the master bedroom, she says it's a decisive heaviness in the air, pressure drops in the room, she finds it hard to breathe, there is distress in her voice, there is a tightening to her solar plexus, and she feels a slight pain to the right side of her stomach area. C. In the master bedroom, she feels something old, she is drawn to the hairbrush and handheld mirror. She detects an add-on in the bedroom. In the add-on section, she detects no presence, in the older part of the bedroom, she feels a presence, in fact she claims to detect three entities. The atmosphere of the bedroom goes from heavy to light. Heavy in the older section, lighter in the add-on section. In the little boy's bedroom, she feels energy. In the bathroom, she senses giggling. She believes the spirit is young. Other comments from the team is that the spirit is of a little boy. Janet feels a pain on her left side of her torso. She tries to entice the spirit from the garage area, with me present. While Janet explains to me what she felt inside the house, she feels a tingle on her shoulders. She explains that when a sensitive walks into a haunted home, the spirits are immediately drawn to her, she is like their light. She explained to me feeling body pain, twitching of shoulder area, shortness of breath, because the entities of this home recognize her as a sensitive or intuitive. Paul and Jason use an Olympus digital voice recorder as they enter the home. We are the next team up. The video camera shuts down twice on its own, for no apparent reason. When DJ was outside taking a break, she felt a presence, she felt like someone was standing on the right side of her. She felt warmth draping part of her back area, and then it was gone. Janet approaches DJ, and was able to describe where the incident took place at.
Janet felt like something was near them. At 20.45 hours, Donovan witnesses garage door that leads into the home opening and closing on its own accord. I investigate to see if possibly an open draft could have done it, but the door is too heavy and when it closes, it stays closed, no wind could have opened it, let alone close it again. Next team is Donovan and I. We investigate the master bedroom, we detect nothing. Then we go into the boys' bedroom and things start happening. Well, they start happening for me anyway. I use the temperature gauge and detect a spike, from 91 to 65 in a matter of seconds in the same area. One area remains at 65. I place my hand in that area and feel a cold spot, and then before my very eyes, a small orb, the size of a pinhead floats up for about one foot in length and dissipates. I couldn't believe it. This was my first experience in this home. The intuitives Jason and Janet relate the following. Jason, that there was a spirit of a little boy in the house, over five years of age. Maybe Portuguese or Filipino. There was also a grown man ghost in the house. This man ghost was frustrated or sad. The little boy was playful and enjoyed playing tricks. Janet, there was a little boy in the house, about age seven. Little boy had dark skin. He was playful. She also felt like there was a relative of the family in the house and that he had been shot. The family of the house confirmed that what Janet said was true. Janet felt shivers, discomfort, and she almost felt like crying. She couldn't explain it, but she felt a sense of sadness in this house. Janet believes there are three entities in the home, but the third one was never identified. When the investigation was over around the time of midnight, and as I drove home in this stormy night, I couldn't help wonder what was in store of this family. A family that was happy to have us around, they felt safe with us at their home and even wanted us to stay the whole evening, so they could get a peaceful sleep. I remember the paranormal investigative reporter named Kalchak, the night stalker of the once-hit TV show, and how he would encounter so many things of the paranormal. Everything from werewolves to vampires to ghosts. Everything he encountered was of the negative. But, can most hauntings be of the positive? I didn't feel any negativity in this home, and I believe this family is relatively safe. After Donovan briefed the family of our findings, and how he will do a follow-up from the audio videotapes, there was a glowing smile on the mother's face. She felt more at ease, especially with the comforting of Janet's soothing words. As I approach my home, wouldn't you know it, on my car radio, the song Werewolves of London by Warren Zevin starts to play. Please continue sending us your horror stories. Check the link in the description.